right, welcome back everybody to the Crypto Market Rundown, where we go over everything that's happening in the great world of cryptocurrency, from the fundamentals in the news to the technicals on the chart. We spend the time doing hours of research so that you all don't have to. And man, there's a lot going on in the great world of crypto this week. We're excited to be able to dive into everything that's happening. But before we begin, TiVo, how are things looking on your end? Doing good. We're uh, the, us two are down in Florida, a little cold. So we're hoping that the weather will heat up soon along with the markets. Um, but yeah, it seems like a, a little bit, both in crypto and in the stock market, kind of a little pause here, kind of waiting on NVIDIA earnings. I know is this week, that's a big, uh, a big thing people are watching. Um, we're going to talk about some AI stuff later in this show. But uh, yeah, I don't know. seems like an interesting uh, point to, to break down some of the stats that we have coming your way today. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to cover between the ETF inflows, all the things that are happening with the supply on exchanges, OTC deaths. I mean, we're talking about the AI boom, just everything that's going on right now. There's a lot happening. And like you said, there even in the traditional markets, we're seeing a little bit of a red. There is a lot of anticipation around the whole NVIDIA earnings. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm wearing a red shirt. And this is to symbolize oh. uh, what we're seeing in the markets today, which is a little bit of a pullback. Now, this is a slight pullback after a drastic move to the upside. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the charts after we, we go through all these important metrics. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, remember that if you are wondering about what we're talking about and what we're showing and how we're referencing it, you can view all of the video with all the on-screen content on YouTube as well. So if you want to be included into that, then that is going to be the place to look for it all. But I think we can kick things off by talking about these ETF inflows, because this is arguably one of the bigger takeaways from the last week, is that Bitcoin is seeing a record of $2.4 billion in weekly inflows. And guess who's leading that charge? Well, it's BlackRock. BlackRock is taking charge here. And man, they are just running with this idea. And so why is this big, right? People are always saying, hey, BlackRock's always been a big player. It's expected of them to do this. Like, how is this new news? Well, this is important because it just keeps growing. And with the growth that we're seeing in inflows, guess what is going away? Well, that is the outflows. Because for a while, Grayscale was just leading the charge on the outflows. And those seem to be dissipating. And as they're dissipating, everyone's still just as excited to keep buying these things, you know, arguably, they're actually even more excited than ever. They're getting more attention, hence why we're seeing these new records break. So outflows are diminishing, inflows are growing. And what does this mean for the crypto market? Well, it's all positive because since this is a spot Bitcoin ETF, they have to actually go and back their buys with real Bitcoin buy orders. So we're seeing a lot of attention come over here, a lot of buys. Bitcoin just actually broke, and we'll get into this in the charts, but Bitcoin broke to a new yearly high of nearly $53,000. And this is one of the big catalysts to kind of lead that charge. Now we're seeing two other things as well. The next thing that we're seeing is that the balance on exchanges is reaching its lowest point since 2018. It's multi-year lows for the amount of Bitcoin um, that is sitting and balanced on exchanges. So this is a really cool chart to kind of show this. You can see the blue line and that blue line there is signifying the balance on exchanges. Now you can go back and maybe if you can scroll down a little bit, TiVo, I'm not sure if it'll let you, um, but you'll be able to see the X axis. Um, but essentially all that is trying to show, yeah, there it is. The X axis will show the years. So 
if we go back and we kind of look at the last time Bitcoin was rising into this level, it's all the way back in 2018. Now, why is this a good thing? Well, with all these big, you know, asset managers and financial players buying up all this crypto, it's becoming more rare. Like Bitcoin is becoming exceedingly more rare. And that's the big point that I want to hit home today because there's not enough people talking about this. With them acquiring so much, I think two, maybe two, three weeks ago, we saw that they had about three and a half percent of Bitcoin supply already. I can only imagine that number has gone drastically up. It's probably at 5% now, You know, maybe even a little bit over that. And so we are seeing these big players like BlackRock and Fidelity and, and Grayscale and Invesco acquire up a significant portion of Bitcoin supply. And kind of in light of that or in light of that we're seeing the supply on exchanges diminish. Now the reason that this is important is because we have to go back to the most fundamental uh, rule of the financial world which is supply and demand, right? As supply diminishes, something intrinsically becomes more valuable. It's the same reason that we look at a piece of like diamond or gold and then we look at maybe like a piece of granite or asphalt. Those are not as valuable. Are they both stones or rocks? Yes, but one is intrinsically more valuable because it's more rare. And so that's what gives it value. And the kind of the same way, as we're seeing Bitcoin become harder and harder to get your hands on, uh, it's going to increase in value because people are going to have a harder time buying it. So the next chart that we have up over here is that we're not only seeing this happen on the uh, exchange front, but even in the OTC markets. I mean, this is a great tweet kind of talking about it, but the OTC desks are getting drained of their Bitcoin. And so you can see that these OTC desks are just, I mean, look at that chart since like July, just going down and down and down and down. And all that this means is that Bitcoin is becoming more rare on just about every front possible. The halving is about to happen. That means that Bitcoin will be twice as hard to mine or the uh, amount of Bitcoin that we that will be produced from miners will be cut in half after the halving. So it's getting harder to get on that front. You're looking at on exchange front, it's getting harder to get there. And the OTC, which stands for over the counter desks or over the counter trading, it's getting harder to get there. And so people are really starting to feel, I don't want to say the panic set in, but they're seeing this reality come to the spotlight for the first time. And I think people are truly starting to understand that, hey, you know, we might actually have an issue here where people will not be able to get their hands on Bitcoin because we just don't have enough to go around anymore. And that kind of supply crisis is good for some people and bad for others. It's great for the people who already have as much Bitcoin as they want because they're going to be sitting nice as it appreciates in value, as it gets harder to get. But for the people who don't have as much Bitcoin as they want yet, they're going to be looking at the supply crisis and going, it is going to be drastically harder for me to get the amount of Bitcoin that I desired prior to this. And so this is like one of the big catalysts that is having an effect on price over here. And so I just briefly want to kind of show what the charts look like, because as we are seeing this kind of uh, happen in real time, Prices have been rising really, really well. So if we're looking at just Bitcoin's chart over here, this is the move that I am talking about. And so we went right through this previous high on Bitcoin and just skyrocketed right through it. We rallied off the lows. And if there was any time for Bitcoin to sell off, this would have been it. 
It was breaking its support of around $40,000, breaking down to lower lows, rejecting a previous swing high. And despite all this happening, it did not dump. The opposite happened. Massive amounts of buyers came in, ripped this thing back through the 20-day moving average, back through the 50-day moving average, which is the blue and the uh, pink line, respectively, and just rallied right through the upside and right through this previous high uh, on Bitcoin's chart, which we can see from all the way back over here. So the real question is, you know, where are we at now and why is Bitcoin stopped moving? Well, if we switch over to a weekly chart, then what we can kind of see over here is that this is the next level for Bitcoin. In fact, you could even argue that this is the last major resistance level before Bitcoin gets back to all-time highs. And so this is what I mean by that. Again, if we want to draw this line, we can see that this was the previous swing high. We shattered this one, went right through it, uh, and it was great. And so now what we could see is Bitcoin actually retest this previous high, this previous resistance level as a newfound point of support, which, be, which would be a great sign for Bitcoin. So as we're getting back up here, we have to acknowledge that this is a major resistance level. In fact, it's, again, arguably the last major resistance level that we have before Bitcoin is eyeing up these all-time highs over here. And so beyond this, this really is one of the last major levels that I'm looking at. I think we can say that we have some resistance around 60K right over in here. This was a very small support zone for about three weeks, turned into, uh, turned into a resistance for about two weeks here. So there's going to be a little bit of resistance around the $60,000 zone. But the big resistances that I see are going to be around 50, uh, around 53,000, which is where we just kind of are consolidating at. And then the all-time highs of around 68 to $69,000. But Bitcoin isn't the only one that's kind of taken advantage of this market and moving higher. Another one that we're seeing is Ethereum. Ethereum's finally having its uh, time in the spotlight, so to say. And it's been rallying really, really hard. In fact, it's actually been outperforming Bitcoin here for a little bit. And we're going to look at the dominance charts in just a second. But if we look at Ethereum, Ethereum has just been going up and up and up, borderline parabolic. It just continues to rise. And just the other day, Ethereum hit a new high of $3,033 on Coinbase. Now, for a while, people were fading Ethereum. They're saying, ah, it's old. There's all these new layer ones. There are Celestia, and you have Sui, and you have Say, and you have Injective, and all these other ones. And don't get me wrong. I think they're great. But I think that Ethereum is still a top-tier crypto project. Uh, they have the most amount of developers. They're just going through a bunch of upgrades. We're still looking for an Ethereum ETF about halfway through this year. And there's a lot of good things that are happening on Ethereum. It's also been proven, you know, a lot of people, you know, recognize it as a you know, fairly reliable crypto project. So we're looking at Ethereum over here. Ethereum's finally kind of seeing its its light in the day. And in light of this, if we go over to the ETH BTC chart, we can see that this has started pivoting too. And this was something that we covered a couple of weeks ago with ETH BTC rallying off this previous low over here, bouncing off of pretty much the same exact area and then skyrocketing back above the 200-day moving average. So if we look at where we're at right now, um, Ethereum has basically come down, formed a higher swing low, and it's now back above that same 200-day moving average. Now, this is significant because the last time that we saw Ethereum do this kind of work and reliably hold above this thing, again, you can see that it peaked over here, peaked through here, peaked through here. I'm talking about the last time that it reliably held above this thing was all the way back in January or December 
of, or is January of 2023, December of 2022. So a little bit over a year ago now, we're talking 14, 15 months ago. And so with Ethereum kind of poking back through here, this could be a potential trend reversal in the making. We're now having it break through its 200-day moving average for two months straight and also potentially forming a higher swing low here. And so if this does happen, it would be a really good thing for the altcoin market. Now, on top of this, we're seeing Bitcoin dominance fall. We've been tracking this metric for a while. And you can kind of see the uh, consistent up path that it had up until recently over here. Now, with this, this would potentially mark Bitcoin's third lower swing high uh, in terms of Bitcoin dominance over here. So we can see the first one that happened in December of 2023, the second one that happened in January of 2024, and then the third one that happened most recently over here in February of 2024. We can also see the lower swing lows with Bitcoin happening in November of 2023, then December of 2023, and then January of 2023. So Bitcoin is now making lower swing highs and lower swing lows. And if it continues to do this, we can see that the first breakdown, Bitcoin went to the 200-day moving average. The next breakdown, it went below the 200-day moving average briefly, but then recovered. So if this ends up being a full-on rejection, well, I think the next step in this thing escalating, which would mean that Bitcoin dominance breaks down and holds below the 200-day moving average, uh, and potentially even sees new lows. So again, the first time we kind of briefly uh, pierced through this with the piercing candle, then we briefly held but recovered. The next time could mean a little bit more downside uh, if this kind of trend continues. And I want to clarify here that that's not necessarily a bad thing. And so if Bitcoin dominance is going to drop, the uh, the price of it doesn't necessarily have to drop. All this means is that Bitcoin is getting outperformed by all coins. And this is something that we've seen in previous market cycles as well. When Bitcoin dominance tanks like it did here, altcoins were going bananas. They were soaring in price. You had altcoins going by 10, 20, 50x in terms of their price. And so this is what the true altcoin season looks like. And so a lot of people are patiently waiting saying, hey, when can we expect this altcoin season? And it's hard to have that until Bitcoin dominance actually pivots. So I'm looking at this saying, hey, I don't know if we're exactly there yet, but I think that we can see the alt season on the horizon, like the true alt season, because up until this point, we've just gotten a taste or like a glimpse of what altcoin season could be like. And a lot of people are saying, well, I already have alts that are up, you know, two, five, 10 X already. And the cool thing is, is again, I think the true altcoin season hasn't even really happened yet. So lots of cool stuff on the horizon over here. And the final thing that I just want to mention before we move on is exactly what's happening with the total two, which is the representation of the altcoin market by adding together the market cap of every single crypto project, excluding Bitcoin. And so you can see this thing on the daily chart that we have up, just up and up and up. And most recently, if you look all the way back to like January, the end of January, February has been a phenomenal month for Bitcoin dominance. And this thing has just been on a tear going from 700 billion in market cap all the way up to around 925 billion in market cap, uh, which is where it topped out yesterday. And again, we're seeing a little bit of a pullback today. So as I'm looking at all this, I still see the crypto market in a great spot. Does it mean that we can only go up from here? Obviously not, right? No market only goes up. Um, so we're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have pullbacks. But I think that the overall theme here is that I'm very very comfortable 
buying the dips when they happen. In fact, that's how I prefer to do this stuff is when the dips happen, that's when I get the most excited because that's where I get to add to positions. If there's a crypto that I felt like I missed out on or I want more of, I'm doing it dur the, during the dips. I'm not doing it after it had a 20 to 50% day. I'm doing it after it pulls back to a support level and shows me a potential entry opportunity. So lots of great stuff happening over here. And man, I'm pretty excited about this. Nothing too bearish on my end. Again, obviously we could pull back to maybe some of our previous highs, um, which is a little bit further down, but I wait for those days and I'm eager to welcome uh, those buying opportunities. Now, another cool thing that I saw on the charts over here, TiVo, and TiVo, you know, I don't know if you had any thoughts on all that. I know I just gave a mouthful, but... Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I, I was listening to Pomp's podcast, and this is my main point, is like, I feel like the Bitcoin ETFs is such an overall positive, like we showed with the inflows. Um, but also, I think that it's an interesting point here where I feel like we found some stability with our price action, and obviously it's higher. But the next big move... While the ETFs are now settled, it's either going to rocket us or, or take us down in the sense like, will these ETFs be used as yeah. holders, diamond hands, or are they going to be more trading vehicles? And so if you start to see the price action rocket up, obviously the phone, it's you know FOMO, everybody's going to pile in. Yeah. But on the flip side, if something bad happens on either the macro level, because the stock market seems a little frothy right now, especially around yeah. AI and tech and the Magnificent Seven. Um, if there's a macro issue that happens, could these ETFs uh, accelerate selling a little bit? And, you know, obviously there's people that will want to buy up that Bitcoin. So, you know, we're not talking about a full crash, but I, I just think that's kind of, you know, trying to see the full chessboard of all the pieces that are now in play and, and kind of like what's that next big move is, is going to be exacerbated by the ETFs. Yeah. And, and one of the cool things is that we're actually recovering faster than we've really ever recovered before. I mean, we've looked at charts saying, hey, Bitcoin usually bottoms out um, a little bit before the halving. And then about a year, year and a half after the halving, the markets top out. We are already, especially on Bitcoin, we're already really close to, to all-time highs. And the halving event hasn't even, even happened, happened yet. So if you've looked at how fast we've retraced back to the upside, it's wild. And so I think that's why a lot of people are getting excited. It's because they're saying we are way ahead of schedule. And so some people might argue that it means that we're going to retrace. But I think a lot of people are arguing that these ETFs are causing so much more positive attention than we kind of anticipated. And uh, it's an exciting thing to see because if this trend continues and if we hold to this idea that Bitcoin is going to top out a year to a year and a half after the halving, which again, hasn't even happened yet. We're about two months away from it. Then that would mean that we would likely see 100K plus Bitcoin, which is a wild thing to say out loud. Uh, but we're kind of looking at that now and saying, if this trajectory holds up, like the Bitcoin predictions that a lot of analysts had might be under the threshold. So exciting times. Look, guys, taxes they stink. But they're a part of life. And crypto taxes can particularly stink. And now the IRS, they're cracking down, increasing audits, and in turn, increasing your financial risk. So that's why I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Guard Dog by Crypto Tax Audit. Now, Guard Dog is kind of like car insurance, but for your taxes. Now, Guard Dog's an early warning indicator constantly scanning your financial landscape for audit risk, sending you monthly reports on the status of your IRS account and warning you about potential audits 
up to six months in advance. And if that happens, GuardDog can work with you to correct any issues and potentially even help you avoid an audit altogether. And on top of all this, GuardDog even detects when you're eligible for refunds that you might not have even known about. So stop worrying about your taxes and learn how you can get started by going to CryptoTaxAudit.com. Again, that's our newest sponsor, GuardDog. You can find him at CryptoTaxAudit.com, and you can sign up today. Yeah, and before we move on, we actually have a first ever for the Crypto Rundown. We have breaking news. Oh, let's hear it. So we got to do our breaking news intro. That's the tape. Breaking news. Terra founder Do Kwan to be extradited to the United States via Watcher Guru on Twitter. Whoa, that is breaking news. I wonder how they pulled those strings. I don't know. Yeah, just just a tweet. I, I couldn't really find any articles or anything online yet, so we'll have to circle back on that one next week. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just had to get, just had to do the breaking news. Dude, I know every country wanted to get their hands on him. Uh, so it's you know it's interesting that the U.S. is like no no he's ours he's screwed yeah. over too many U.S. customers. Yeah, that and just you know kind of playing the the ball of like all right Bitcoin ETFs approval what's next but also you know trying to lay lay down some law on the the bad actors as well. There was a viral uh, photo of um, <laughs> SBF yeah in prison <laughs> with his gang and so I got to make a meme but yeah it looks like uh, he's gonna be getting another uh, gang member so maybe I could maybe we can like blotch it up on the screen or something it is yeah. an ironic photo because he just doesn't fit into the picture at all yeah hold on SBF gang photo <laughs> oh yeah there he is you know everyone in there looks built and like they're thugging and like people I don't want to mess with. And then there's him in the background. And I think it's appropriate that he's in the background. It's <laughs> just yeah. behind everyone. And I'm sure he's, he's going to figure out how to like get some good trades going, get some extra snacks, some extra cigarettes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's not, he's not a bad guy to have on the roster. Maybe. Yeah. Godspeed to him. Godspeed. I have a couple other jokes, but we'll refrain and move on. <laughs> I think I know the direction that they're going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, another crypto news, TiVo, one of the cool things that I saw, and you know, hopefully you can pull up the, the charts for me, but we had the top 10 blockchains based on one-year growth and their daily active users come out. Uh, and this one I found a little bit surprising. I think really all the projects on this list uh, are great. In fact, I have exposure to most of the projects on these lists, which is cool. Uh, and usually there's something where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of disagree with having them here, but I think all of these are fairly solid, reputable projects, which would make sense since they're the ones doing the top growth over here. So this is coming out from the Twitter space from uh, Jamie Couts, I believe his name is, from CMT. And basically, if you look at this chart, the number one project by daily active users growth in the last year is Near Protocol, which again is a project that I'm a fan of, I have exposure to. And... I think I found it a little bit surprising of just how many active users they have. So they got about a $3 um, billion market cap, but their daily active user count is at 1.174 million. So 1,174,298 uh, daily active users, which is a wild amount of daily active users. You look at second place, for example, and that's going to be Solana, which has 754,000 daily active users. So you have this this near protocol that has about 400,000 more daily active users than Solana. And people look at Solana as having a ton of activity. So in just the last year, 
Near has had a daily active user increase of 1,376%, which is wild. Again, second place here is Aptos at 603%. So they're more than double second place. And Stacks is in third place with 245%. So you go from 245% to 603% to 1,376% with Near Protocol. <clears throat> now, a couple of other... Uh, honorable mentions here is that you have Genosis at 226% growth in the last year with their daily active users. You have Polygon at 109%, or excuse me, you have uh, Cosmos at 109%. You have Polygon at 85%, Avalanche with 76%, Solana at 69%, and then you have Axelar at 55%, and finally uh, Osmosis with 32%. And I noticed that, you know, there's Quite a few, uh, quite a few Osmos-based tokens on here. Again, you have, or not Osmos, Cosmos-based, because you have Cosmos, you have Axelar, you have Osmosis. Uh, so I kind of found that interesting, and it makes sense, right? The Cosmos space has been getting a ton of attention, um, but just a cool little metric because whenever you're looking at like the most healthy ecosystems, I think looking at actual users is probably one of the best metrics to to kind of pay attention to because at the end of the day. If no one's using this thing, then no one's interested. So for the for the blockchains and for the projects that actually have products or services or or chains out that are working for the public, you want to see people actually using those things. And if no one's using them, then it's going to be hard to last the test of time. And that's a big reason why things like you know Solana for or not Solana Ethereum for example has been able to hold as the number two crypto for so long. Why? Because they they have the most amount of developers. They have one of the highest uh, daily active users counts. And so it's just a positive thing to kind of see across the board. So if you're listening in and saying, hey, you know, maybe there's a project that should be on my radar that isn't on my radar, look at the ones that have the most active users. And I think that list could be kind of a, a decent direction to, to point you into researching potential projects. So what, what would your thoughts be on, I think, some people that I've talked to in the, in the sauna, I get, I get sauna talk. I talk crypto just to pick people's brains. So this one kid loves all the meme coins. You can kind of tell he's just kind of a degen. But then I was like, well, what do you think about Ethereum and the ETFs and kind of everything that we talk about? And he's like, nah, nobody uses Ethereum. Like gas fees too high. Like yeah. I, it's, it's not used at all, blah, blah, blah. So what do you think about something like the bigger project, like Ethereum that isn't up there on the daily active user chart? Um, but everybody's very bullish on at, from an investor standpoint. So you have people bidding up prices, um, speculating around ETFs and all that stuff, which is which is good, makes sense. But also the users aren't there. Yeah, I think if you're looking for a chain that's a little bit cheaper than Ethereum, one newer one, like the <clears throat> the easy one to kind of look towards is Solana, right? Everyone goes, oh, if you want something cheaper, you go to Solana, you go to maybe like Cardano. Um, you go to something like that, maybe even a layer two, you have optimism, you have Arbitrum, you have Polygon, uh, and those are all getting a lot of attention now. Um, but if you're looking at like newer options, I think we have things that maybe weren't on that list. So newer options like Injective or Celestia or Sui or Say, Say is another one that's been getting a lot of attention, especially from the DGen side of things. Uh, there's a lot of like NFT trading and activity happening on Say. They just had a big launch with Saiyans and that was a big old hit. Uh, and so I think what we're seeing is that a lot of the DGENs are on, and also Stacks, which is a layer two for Bitcoin. So I think from like more of like a DGEN trader perspective, maybe like the Wall Street bets traders, uh, the three places that I see them 
consolidating the most outside of Ethereum are Solana, Stacks, and on uh, Say, ironically. So you know, maybe if that's up your alley, I think all of those chains are potentially worth looking into. I don't know if they kind of fit the mold of what your investment thesis is. Yeah, no doubt. I think he did mention Say. And I was like, oh, we had him on the podcast. You should check it out. And he was just like, nah. I was like, you're such a DGen, dude. Um, but something that everybody is into is AI um, everywhere from crypto to the stock market. So I know you have some stuff for us today on the the AI trade. Yeah, I mean, man, the AI space went just parabolic here in recent weeks. And so what we've seen is that many of these AI projects, you look at AGIX, you look at FET, you look at Ocean, you look at uh, GRT, the graph, all of these are just <laughs> astronomically up. I mean, some of these have doubled, maybe tripled in price, uh, and they just continue to move upwards. Now, today, they're finally pulling back a little bit. We're going to look at the charts in just a second. Uh, and TiVo's got a great article on the screen here. But yeah, these things are just rallying. And the big question here is, is it too late for me to get in? And why is this all happening in the first place? And the big kind of catalyst over here is that OpenAI, and TiVo, I think you can find the name for me. I think it's Sora is the name of their new uh, video project that they put out. But basically, yep. OpenAI, Sora, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they put out this new video showcasing a new and improved Sora. And for those of you who don't know what this is, essentially OpenAI put out this video and it said, hey, you can type in, so they call it text to video. So you can type in what you want and it will create uh, a video of up to, I think, three minutes long and the videos are ridiculous. And so if you're watching here, you can look at this and go, an AI made that. Someone probably said, make you know golden retriever puppies playing in the snow and that's what you get. And the videos look so accurate to real life and so you can get them in like a real life perspective. You can also get them in like an animated perspective. But as this video kind of plays in the background, I mean, you can just see that it's fantasy, real life looking, whatever you want. And people saw this video and they said, man, AI is so far ahead of schedule. We want to get invested and we want to get exposure to the AI space. And so... As this happened, people looked outside of OpenAI and they said, well, what other avenues can we get exposure to um, beyond just OpenAI? And so the immediate thought was, let's look at the crypto markets, among other things, right? And so people went and they bought pretty much every crypto-related AI project that's on the market. So again, AGIX, GraphFet, you know, you name it, uh, Ocean, they all saw this massive kind of increase uh, in terms of price. So... Let's throw up the charts over here and take a look at how some of these are doing. But if you're wondering as to the catalyst, the catalyst there was OpenAI putting out this video and everyone just got really excited about the AI space and they looked for alternative exposure uh, options. <clears throat> so if we look at AGIX just over, I mean, really since like the end of January, just in the last month, this thing moved 151% to the upside. You look at FET, which was in a really deep situation prior to this. Uh, I think that this actually uh, you know, really helped out FET because, again, they were having trouble with bankruptcy. They did about 114% in the last 16 or so days. Uh, Ocean was another one. In the last maybe 14 days from top to bottom, they did about 100% to where they're currently priced at. They're still up 72% in the last you know, two weeks. 
And then you have graph over here, which if we look at graph, graph from top to bottom did about 86% in the last two weeks. And where it currently priced at, it's still up about 63%. So you look at all these charts, I just want to cycle through them again. You have AGIX, you have Bet, you have Ocean, you have the graph. All of these things, borderline parabolic, uh, pretty much in the last two weeks. And they're just riding the trails of OpenAI here. Now, if you remember, we saw something similar to this back at the beginning of 2023, because the same catalyst was kind of taking place here, where everyone was excited about the release of ChatGPT. It was something that they'd never seen before, and people were just excited about it. So they said, hey, how can I get alternative exposure? And they looked at the crypto markets. So this is that rally that I'm talking about, where something like AGIX went from like $0.04 cents all the way up to like $0.60 cents and had this big kind of rise. Um, but now we're seeing the same sort of situation play out, where again, it's not because of something that these projects did, but rather the space that they're in. So OpenAI was the catalyst then, and OpenAI is again the catalyst now. I think that the difference here is that instead of this time around being the introductory call, so to say, to the AI space, meaning that um, the last time that this happened, it introduced many people to AI. They were familiar with the term artificial intelligence, um, but they didn't really know how significant it was or how it could affect their daily lives. That was the kind of the introductory piece um, back in 2023, the beginning of it. This time around, many people are already familiar with AI, but this is just showcasing its improvements. So instead of them being introduced to it for the first time, they're seeing how it's improved about a year later. So I don't necessarily think that this immediate rally is going to be quite as sharp as the last one. The, the, you know, the last one did like 1,000 to 1,500% to the upside. I think this time around, it's very reasonable that we do a smaller move in the immediate time frame, And then as the bull run goes on, I think we can still accomplish really, really good gains in this sector, uh, especially over the long term. But I'm talking about the immediate reaction to this catalyst, to this news is likely to be a little bit smaller for those reasons. So either way, AIs are booming over here. If you hold just about any AI-related crypto token, you're probably sitting pretty green right now. I mean, you could be green on AGIX so long as you pretty much invested at any point in its history with the exception of like a few days, which not many other crypto projects <laughs> can say at the moment. That's wild. So lots of cool stuff kind of... Uh, Lots of lots of cool stuff happening here, and that that's uh I, this is what I learned today. So this is why you listen to the show. Is that was a great point by you pointing out the ChatGPT intro and kind of saw the same price action. I wasn't really even thinking of that. Um, it made sense when you said the Soros made you know the the Soro made it pop, but then comparing that to the ChatGPT, it's like man, it's narratives, 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 narratives. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many cross comparisons, and again. Um, you know, that's the reason that we do this is that not everyone was in the crypto space a year ago. And even if you were, not everyone was paying attention to AI moving or the AI space or the catalyst behind that. Uh, so we're here to help all of you out. Again, do the research for you. So you all don't have to dig through all the news. But I know that we had a, a pretty interesting story coming out, right, TiVo? I mean, you were showing me this one, so I don't want to take it away from you. Yeah, fun. Uh, something fun to end the show. Lighthearted. Um, and you know, we're tiptoeing in the political spectrum, um, which we're not a political show. However, uh, crypto is tied up in politics a lot of the time. So one of, one of cryptos, I, I think this is a non-political statement. Crypto's arch nemesis is, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Gary Gensler type people who are just anti the space. And yeah. so this week, 
or last week actually, um, a, a tweet got posted that uh, Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren dedicated a flag flyover um, to Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin. And so let me pull this up here. So here, here's the certificate. And, uh, you know, the flag of the United States of this, the flag of the United States of America uh, in honor of Satoshi Nakamoto, who's the uh, creator of Bitcoin. And this is a certification that this flag was flown over the United States Capitol. And so you can um, I, I believe the process is, is you can request these. Um, it's called a flag request for either a person or maybe a charity. Uh, you know, just for a, a, an honorary uh, thing. And uh, it's signed by Elizabeth, War Elizabeth Warren. So that means her office approved of this. And, and from I did some small research. And what it looked like is, you know, obviously, I don't think if she knew what this was, she would have approved it. But, you know, a lot of these approvals might go through uh, her office, her admins, possibly an intern. Um, there were some interns on the timeline, you know, saying like, hey, there's there's a couple of these a day. Uh, in different offices um so so i thought i thought it was just funny i mean this is like an all-time troll from from a, a crypto uh a crypto bro or our lady uh just trying to trying to get the best of elizabeth warren but i think they won because this is pretty funny like this, I mean, this is a pretty funny troll look at the quote it says americans are forever grateful and for anyone who knows <laughs> elizabeth it says americans are forever grateful and for anyone who knows elizabeth warren she does not at all like the crypto space let alone is she grateful for this so man what a funny story yeah that's great and just to kind of build on that i think in the uh elizabeth warren is a rep for massachusetts and she uh is now going to have an opponent so you know i don't really follow the political space too closely but it sounds like maybe the last couple elections she either didn't have an opponent or the opponent was not formidable um, but there is now a, a new opponent coming and she is looking a little panicked because she sent out um, an email. So the John Deaton is a candidate for the United States Senate in Massachusetts, um, and he's getting a lot of support from the crypto timeline on Twitter. In, in kind of response, Elizabeth Warren sent out this, uh, I, I believe it was like an email campaign. Um, and, and she kind of looks a little scared. So Warren for Senate, um, kind of it's official, you know, I'm having a, uh, an opponent, a well-funded opponent has launched a campaign to run against me for the Senate in Massachusetts. Um, and I don't know, she tries to spin it in her, you know, in her, you know, side to, you know, rally up some donations. Um, but I think the biggest thing is she claims that, uh, you know, she's not scared. We just need to raise money, raise money, raise money. But I don't know when you send out an email like that, it seems like yeah. you are uh, at least acknowledging that there's going to be formidable competition. And I think it's an interesting, you know, as, as people in the space to not sway your political beliefs one side or the other, that, you know, this other guy is going to run a pro crypto campaign. And, and I think it's just interesting because if you think five years ago, obviously 10 years ago, didn't exist five years ago, you know, probably, smaller time politicians were talking about it, trying to get involved in it. I mean, and now you have everything from senators to um, pro Bitcoin presidential candidates with Vivek and, and RFK Jr. Um, it's just times are turning and things things take a lot of time to, to get through to the top. But it, it seems like this progress is just ramping up. So 
I think it would be interesting. I mean, we would have love to have Elizabeth Warren on and ask her some questions. I know she's anti-crypto, so she'll never come on. But if we can get John on as well and ask him some questions, I think it's just it's good to facilitate conversation. And these long form podcasts, every you know, are, are, are kind of changing the game for media right now. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the changes that I've seen. And, and it's just the catalysts are getting faster and faster. Yeah, I mean, it'd be awesome to have either of them on. It'd be even better to have both of them on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we just facilitate we can, the debate. The official, the official debate. Uh, yeah, the John dropped a a, a video and it, it goes pretty hard. So uh, he's he's coming. Is there so. a flag flyover though? Because Elizabeth did a flag flyover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to see what kind of flags John will start flying for the crypto space. So that I mean, like she could pivot. Like technically, Elizabeth could pivot at any time and be like, "Listen, I'm flying flags for Bitcoin, crypto. Like, vote for me." Why? more yeah no she she's she's got her pockets pretty padded with the the big banks um from kind of the the lobbying that we've seen from her so uh yeah you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see it's something to keep an eye on something to keep an eye on but uh yeah i think I mean, the, the, no good uh yeah i think the big takeaway here is that the anti-crypto politicians are becoming increasingly less popular and so it doesn't matter again what side of the political spectrum that you're on just the ones that are anti-crypto are becoming less favorable to the public eye and this is kind of just that point getting proven again yeah no that's a great point and i think it's it, yeah it used to be a no-brainer stance and you could spit out these yeah. facts of yeah. terrorists are using it and all this and that and i just think I think it's an internet thing of just people are able to gather their a lot more information than 10, 20, 30 years ago. And so people are going to be gathering information and making their own decisions. And, and they, I think this is just a general statement of politicians in general is that sometimes they talk down to the, the constituents, the people that hire them to do their jobs. Like technically they work for us. And if you're going to talk to us down to us and sometimes even straight up lie to us, and we're going to go and try and find, you know, disputing, whether, you know, arguments and facts, it's like you kind of got to take a middle of the road approach and have conversations instead of just spewing stuff from www.imright.com. You know, yeah. let's have a conversation and, and try to, to grow and become better as people instead of just, you know, pushing your agenda down everybody's throats. So hopefully mm -hmm. progress in, in, in the most positive way uh, possible, because that's what we love here at Crypto 101. Positive progress for the people. There we go. I couldn't agree anymore with that. And that's going to wrap us up for this week's crypto market rundown. We appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. Again, if you're someone that's tuning in and you want to know everything that's happening in the great world of crypto, this is going to be your number one spot for it. And if you want to see all the visuals that we were talking about, whether it was the charts or the news events or the data or whatever it may have been, uh, you can view all that information on YouTube. You can also check us out on Spotify and on Apple Music. But that's going to conclude this week's segment. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.